Blog Talk Radio. Uh, 
an active roster spot like most players have dreamed of having. And it took him some time to really get to the point where he is now, at the age of 28, with the Houston Texans. Last year was 2020 um, season was a really big year, how he was able to set a record for us with tackles in the season set by a player that came through the NFL Region Combine platform as he broke the record that was previously set the year before by then-rookie linebacker for the Washington football team, Cole Holcomb. Adams wound up chilling that record. Well, that Holcomb set of 105, Terrell got 125. So that was a record that set. You know, looking forward to seeing who's going to bring that down. But Adams right now is a free agent. Um, he's finally in a situation where instead of him hoping to land a, a, a land with a team or at least get on a team's practice squad, something that he's been – battling with ever, ever since in 2015 when he finally got to the NFL as an undrafted free agent after going through the process. Each year was always one of those years, okay, which team want me, which team want me, where, where hopefully I can land. This year is a little different as a free agent because, because there are teams that truly want him but want him to play, and a couple of these teams want him to come in and contend, not just for a spot, but for a starting opportunity. And one of those teams that I know that's looking to try to bring him on to Miami Dolphins. So it's going to be one of those situations to watch out for. I know the Texans have interest in keeping him, but the Miami Dolphins is definitely trying, quietly, trying to see if they can land this young talent, young linebacker for their squad. So this is something to watch out for when we're watching out for the free agency. Seeing where, seeing where Terrell Adams will land from West Georgia, where he's going to land that, hopefully sign a, a, sizable, a sizable deal where he can be comfortable and be able to at least work it towards that generational change in type money. So that's something to watch out for there. And we talked about Kenny Moore last week. We talked about, you know, several other players, Nick Ninaham. But a couple of the players we did not touch on last week, we're going to wrap up and talk about the day because – the defense side of the, of the ball compared to the offense side of the ball. Now, the defense side of the ball from the RC pretty much helped carry this platform ever since its um, conception. And so that's why it's more defensive players to watch out for. And one of those players that pretty much was there in the very beginning when this platform was introduced, and that's Benson in my way, defensive end for the Seattle Seahawks. Now, Benson won – a Super Bowl ring with the Seattle Seahawks when they had won it in 2013. But he was on the practice squad after himself, bouncing around the league with the Raiders and with the Cowboys. Last year he signed a one-year deal with the Seahawks, going back to the Seattle Seahawks, where it all started for him. For him. And last year, 2020, was a, a strong year for him. Um, he had nine starts, the most starts he ever had in his career, nine starts and he registered 24 tackles, including six sacks and nine quarterback hits. So Benson is quietly one of those edge rushers that know how to get to the quarterback. Now, he, can, he's, he has shown that he can win the one-on-one matchups, but if he go with a, a defensive squad that can scheme very well, 
this young man can be even more dangerous on the field. So there's definitely one of those situations to watch out for to see what, where Benson will land because he is now a free agent as well. He only signed a one-year deal with the Seahawks. I know Pete Carroll, head coach for the Seahawks, really, really loves this young man, and that's why he brought him back with open arms. It's going to be really, really interesting to see where he will land this going into the 2021 season. I'm just hoping that it will be more, for, more than just a one-year contract. This man has shown and been proven that he is worth more than just a one-year deal. Hopefully get a couple of years out of it where he can really, truly, finally make some bank in the National Football League. You listen to Locker Talk on the Bastion News Radio Network where you hear about NFL stars for tomorrow today. I'm your host, Barry Barnes, founder and CEO of Locker-Support.com. Okay, now that's listen, That's another defensive um, end player to watch out for, you know, coming up. Now we're going to jump into another player, another, I would say, solid edge rusher that most people probably don't know too much about, but don't worry. This is what this show is all about, making sure that you guys know about these players before um, they make it really big. Now, F.A. Abadi. Now, F.A. Abadi, defensive end for the Carolina Panthers. Now, F.A. is a Nigerian British. He came through the process, but he also came through what the NFL called the International Player Pathway Program. This program was designed to allow foreign-born players who have never played football ever in their life, they, no, but they was an athlete, whether if they was in gymnastics, whether they was a wrestler, whether they even played rugby, a lot of their, their talents that qualify for at least to go through a workout, play rugby. So they have some form of football in them, but most importantly, they are pure athletes. And so until COVID came, they would we had, had the workouts overseas, whether it was in Germany, Germany or Australia. They would have these their combine versions of international players to watch out for. And then a select few would get the opportunity to come and work out during the regional combine setting. And then whether the top four players selected, they would in turn sign with a team in the NFL. Now, the way how the NFL worked it out was that there will always be a division that was going to be selected for that year, meaning that at least one that one of those players will be on a practice squad of one of the four teams. So each team was able to have only 10 players on the practice squad. But through this program, the select division would be able to have at least one more practice squad player, meaning one of those foreign-born players where they can really get close to the game, where they learn the culture of the game, the speed of the game, how to play the game, how to train for the game, how to be able to work out, how to mentally prepare for the game. That was their learning point for that, that whole year. Did not have to worry about being cut, but did not have to worry about being in a position where they had to try to make the roster. They was clear and free that first year. Then the second year, then they were on their own. This was the time when they had to show after being in the culture, being around players, being around the coaching staff, meeting new friends, getting used to the environment, all that great stuff, learning how their body's going to work, getting their massages in, learning how to train, how to study film, all that good stuff. All that stuff at the one year, the next year, 
They were on their own. They were going to be treated like uh, a regular player, and they had to make the roster themselves. Now, F.A. was one of those players that showed that, hey, appreciate that first year, but let me take the train wheels off and let me go. Now, he's been with the Carolina Panthers that first year when they implemented practice squad. The following year, that's when he actually made the team, got on the active, active roster towards the middle part of the season. So he definitely showed that he has a talent to play in the league. And so last year he showed flashes. This year was a whole new year because this one you saw F.A. really get out there and got work done in 2020. One of the things that he did this year that was fantastic was that he was able to get um, the most starts in his career, clearly, because first time playing. But he did um, get one start this this year. He actually finished the season with 18 tackles. And you probably say to yourself, well, they don't sound like a lot. But in the NFL, defensive end, it just shows that these players like the Khalil Max of the world, um, these solid players in the league that we're familiar with, we're somewhat spoiled with the fact how these guys can get at the quarterback all the time. So when you look at that number, 18 tackles, you say to yourself, man, that's not a lot. But technically, it really is. So that was something that he was able to do this year. Got 18 tackles. But what stood out the most was that he got himself five and a half sacks this season. Five and a half sacks. And one of his big sacks of his career was that he was able to get his hands on Tom Brady. He was the first player from the NFL Regional Combine platform to actually get a sack on Tom Brady. And when he hit Tom, when he sacked Tom Brady, it was not a sophomore. He literally just destroyed my guy. He just destroyed Tom Brady. And that matched up when they played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, during week nine. But from there, all of a sudden, F.A. just had a knack of getting at legendary quarterbacks. He got to Aaron Rodgers. He also got to Drew Brees. Now, I'm not going to say Matt Ryan is a legendary quarterback, but in Atlanta he is. He got his hands on him as well. So he really started to show that he's getting used to this game. The game is starting to come to him a little easier. So it's one of those situations to watch out for. And he's also a free agent. It's going to be interesting to see if Carolina Panthers is going to invest in their investment like they have been doing for the past few years. It's going to be interesting to see see if they're going to bring him back. We're going to take a quick pause. We're going to come back. We're going to wrap up the rest of the defensive players. and some rookies here. I'm going to talk about these guys as well, what they did in the 2020 NFL season. And then before we close the show out, I'm going to give what I I consider a public service announcement in regards to prospects that's looking to get to the NFL in 2021. You listen to Locker Talk on the Bachelor News Radio Network. We hear about NFL. Stuff I'm Mary Kate Carey, columnist for U.S. News and World Report, and a frequent contributor to Tell Me More's political chat segment. The person from Black History I admire is Condoleezza Rice. Here she is playing the piano along with Yo-Yo Ma on cello, leading to her once being called the most prominent amateur musician in the world. Condoleezza Rice grew up in segregated Birmingham, Alabama in the 1960s. In her recent book, Extraordinary Ordinary Lives, she vividly recalls the violence of the Ku Klux Klan and the death of four girlfriends killed in the 16th Street Baptist Church bombing. That crime, she later said, was calculated to suck the hope out of young lives, 
to bury their aspirations. But that didn't happen to Condi Rice. Instead, she went on to become our first female national security advisor, our first female African-American secretary of state, and the first female African-American and the youngest person ever named provost of Stanford University. I can picture her being our first female president someday, too. Her extraordinary, ordinary life is a role model for American women, including ones like me who are not African-American. All right, welcome back. So, Locker Talk on the Bachelor News Radio Network, where you hear about NFL stars. So, today, I'm your host, Barry Barnes, founder and CEO of Locker-Report.com. And you guys can always, always check me out on any one of my social handles, but most importantly, check me out on the Bachelor News Radio Network.com, where you see some solid, solid programming, solid programming like the Bachelor News Radio Show, where they discuss topics of sports, politics, and other topics from the social, economical, and racial standpoint. Listen live on Monday, Mondays and Thursdays from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So make sure you guys always stay locked in on the BachelorNewsRadioNetwork.com. Now, back to talking about some solid plays, some uh, solid um, performances from the defensive players who ventured through the NFL Regional Combine platform. And we talked about F.A., about how we got finished talking about him, and now we're going to get to some other players to watch out for. I mean, that, that had solid years. Now, with this one, we had Kumar, um, um, Kumar Crusher Hill, Kumar Crusher Hill, solid player who came through the process in 2016, got drafted by the um, New England Patriots in the, in the sixth round, wound up getting released, and the Eagles picked him up, played there for three years, earned the Super Bowl ring, and listened, um, taking his revenge on the Patriots, the team that drafted him. So we saw that turn out. But the year before, he signed a one-year deal with the Miami Dolphins. And last year, the Miami Dolphins didn't have his strongest year, but he still finished pretty good, you know, with um, 38 tackles in the matchup. He was able to get to the quarterback at least one time. But he is now currently with the Houston Texans. He signed another one-year deal. You know, he's one of those guys that I thought for sure was going to really break the bank, so to speak, or at least get more than just one year after having a uh, after, after this year that he just had with the Miami Dolphins, but because he had banged this banged up, really didn't see a lot of time on the field, kind of set him back for really bringing in that big cash. Um, his deal is reportedly worth up to three point five um three point twenty five three point twenty five million dollars. Yes, it's still he's still a millionaire. He's still making money. But we was hoping that, well, at least I was hoping to see that he would have command a lot more. And I believe that he eventually will. But that was Kumar Cruchet Hill, who is now a member of the Houston Texans. It would be really nice to see if Adams re-signed with the Houston Texans. And then we'll have two regional combine players who could potentially start side-by-side side at the linebacker position. So that will be something to watch out for if Adams re-signed with the Houston Texans. Now, Last year, um, we all know that the regional combine workouts were canceled. And with that being said, the listing of names of the players that were invited and the players that accepted the invitation to go to the combine were still released to all the teams in the league. So all 32 teams were familiar with this list of these players. And so out of the 45 players that was on this list 
uh, my fault, out of the, the, um, the, the 55 players that was on this list, 45 of those guys signed with the team. Nine was, in, uh, nine was undrafted. I mean, nine was drafted. The rest were undrafted. But as this, you know, the year went down, that's so you know, entering the season, there were 24 rookies, and 14 of those players were on active rosters. The highest number ever from the platforms. So, with that being said, although they did not have the workouts physically, but because their names is on the list, they still qualify as being NFL Regional Combine pioneers. Now, the one that jumped off the page this year was Mr. Irrelevant himself, Tay Crowler, linebacker for the New York Giants. He was the last player selected in the 2020 NFL draft. And the last player who gets picked, he had that label of Mr. Irrelevant. Basically saying that, okay, the last player, uh, what did that mean? Uh, absolutely nothing. He's pretty much like how I always felt that a player that got selected in the sixth and seventh round, yes, it shows on their resume there was a drafted player, but it's basically saying that you're going to get an early invite to camp. That's all that means. That's it. That's why you don't see a lot of six-round players or seven-round players make a team because they just got an early invite to to camp. But Tay wanted to show the world that he is not irrelevant. He is very, very relevant, and he was very, very re- relevant for this Giants team this year. And this, this season, he had six starts, and he amassed the most tackles out of all the rookie defensive players who came through the platform this year was 57. He also, in that 57, was able to get his first career sack, which came against Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks in week 13. Now, this hybrid running back, I mean hybrid linebacker, had played in 403 defensive snaps and 74 um, special team snaps, and out of one of those 74 um snaps that he played on special teams, he was able to get a touchdown against um um get a touchdown in what week week fourteen, my fault, in week six against the Washington football team. So he was able to get a touchdown in that game with a block punt. So he was able to show that he was able to get in that football field, which was really great. And I remember watching that game and I know I just lost my everlasting mind to see that we had a regional guy score a touchdown. So he was able to get his first NFL touchdown this year off a block punt. The Tay is one of those guys that, like I said, a hybrid linebacker. This young man is so fast is that in a lot of cases, he really did not know how to control his speed. He probably would have had more tackles, probably would have made more plays if he would have just slowed down during the process. But the times he overplayed it, which is okay because, you know, he was definitely excited trying to make a play and everything. It happens. But as soon as this young man understands the speed of the game, and then he understands how to control his speed, this is a young guy to watch out for, number 48 for the New York Giants, because he is something special that, that is developing in, in our own eyes, in front of us. Mike Dana, linebacker for the Kansas City Chiefs, who fell short in getting the Super Bowl ring this year for Mike Dana despite having, um, get the, although he did get to the Super Bowl, which is a great thing, he still had a solid rookie season this year. Now, he did not have as many starts as Tay Crowler did. He only had one start. 
but he did finish with 20, 20, 23 tackles, 25 tackles, including 2.5 sacks. So he was able to get you the quarterback from the linebacker position. He's one of those guys that definitely watch out for, too, because he is really, really getting to the quarterback. Then you have a guy named Doug Carson, who was a defensive tackle for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's another player to watch out for down the road. Really showed a lot of lot of brute, lot of his, I would say, raw strength, raw talent for the Jacksonville Jaguars this year. He had nine starts um, this year, finished with 25 tackles, really showing that Jacksonville may have something in the interior with this young man who they brought in as an undrafted free agent. Then we go to the Carolina Panthers. They themselves have a defensive captain, and his name is Bravian Roy. Bravian Roy from out of Baylor. Now, he was drafted, was not surprised to see him get drafted because his college coach just got the job with the Carolina Panthers. So that was no surprise there. But what he has shown that he has leadership ability, how he's able to command double teams, do well with the double teams. And I know the Panthers did not win a lot of games this year, but with him on that defensive line, he really showed that he could be one of those guys, those those interior guys that can cause problems and wreak a lot of havoc during the many years that's coming in his career because he will learn this game, he'll get understanding of this game. So this was something special to watch. He himself, he had nine starts. Um, this um, this year, he had 37 tackles, and he did get a sack this year as well. So, watch out for Bravenson Roy. Roy, I'm telling you, raw talented guy. I mean, these guys that came off this listing was pretty good. When they when the season ended, there were 31 rookies from the NFL Regional Combine platform that were on NFL squads. That was the highest in terms of the regional combine players finishing for a season in the NFL. So that was pretty much the breakdown of what happened in 2020 in regards to the NFL regional combine players on both the offense and the defense. Now I will have the video version on a Locker Talk podcast where you can see these guys in action, action with their highlights, you know, going over their stats a little bit more in depth. Make sure you guys tune in to the Lock and Talk podcast on YouTube when I start when I put that video out. Now, the public announcement that I've talked about. We know that there are no workouts this year. We know there were no combine workouts this year. And if there was and since there were no, I would say scheduled combine workout set up this year, especially with the NFL, you know automatically that the ACCU platform is not going to have a workout. The ACCU players are not – none of the schools going to have a pro day this year. <clears throat> Excuse me. By the time the spring ball is over, the teams will already have their data. They will be done with the pro days by the time the spring ball is done. So we're looking at another year where the ACCU platform – won't get recognized. However, they will get some recognition after all. Now, we know the NFL will not have their HBCU combine this year. However, there is an HBCU 
combine workout scheduled next month. I'll tell you where, and I'll tell you the dates. The question is, I'm looking, just poking around it, basically, you know, trying to decide if I'm going to make it, if I'm going to get there. You know, there's a lot of things I have to go through to make sure, you know, to see if I'm going to be able to be able to be able to get there. I already have my process of evaluating players from small schools and the HBCU, but to know they will, there will be some kind of workout for the HBCU platform. platform. I'm really excited for that. There will be no pro days for HBCU this year. It's very important that if you listen to the sound of my voice, players that's trying to get into the NFL, it's imperative that you guys get, uh, if you want to try to go to the league, make sure your agent is certified. The agents have to be certified. If your agent is not certified, no team in the NFL is going to pay you no mind. You will not have the opportunity to at least be seen or have a team to want to look at you or talk to you if your agent not certified. You want to hear me talk about this all the way up to the draft. They will not talk to you. You have to make sure that if you're trying to go um, full speed to the NFL and you need an agent, you have to be certified. That's very, very important. As this combine continues to um, get heightened, I'm going to still find out my information more about it, and I'll definitely let you guys know about it. Thank you for tuning in to Locker Talk on the Bachelor News Radio Network, where you hear about NFL stars of tomorrow today. I'm your host, Barry Barnes, founder and CEO of Locker-Report.com. And you guys can always follow me on any one of my social handles, on Twitter at Locker underscore report, on Instagram, Locker Report 100, all small caps, on Facebook, LockerReport.com, and also check me out on the Locker Talk podcast on Facebook. But make sure you guys subscribe to the Locker Talk podcast on YouTube. Check it out, and also always check me out on the Bass News Radio Network where you listen to this show anytime, seven days a week at your leisure. Tell your friends, tell your family. If you want to find out some good insight on the NFL, make sure you guys tune in to the Bass News Radio Network and check out the Locker Talk podcast. Everyone stay blessed. Talk to you guys soon.